Let me tell you all a story. When the network offered me 50 grand a week, I threw my caviar in their face! No! Connect! Uh, because I was thinking about the American family. One family in particular, who was stepped on by the government and had nowhere else to turn. Boring! I'm talking about the Simpsons. Let him speak! Well, you know what? I'll never stop fighting for them. Or for any other family that needs someone to stand up for them. I like that clown. He's really looking out for me. The average Joe Six Tooth. Where'd you get yourself another tooth? Sidewalk. If you send me to Washington, you'll all have a voice. A voice that will go, Ahooga! Wah wah! Wacka wacka wacka! Wow! Crusty! Crusty! Four finger discount, dude! Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review episode EABF09. It is Mr. Spritz Goes to Washington. I am Dando. I am Guy Dando. How are you travelling, sir? I'm doing very well, sir. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. No complaints. I've got a, uh, as I said, a nice clean garden as a result of Mr. Dando. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How's it going? Is it, is it overgrown again yet? <laughs> not, not just yet, but uh, the minute it starts to look a little hairy, you know that I'll be on the phone to one John Dando and his reliable whippersnipper. Uh, but otherwise, no, it's, it's, uh, life's going okay. Ups and downs, but uh, I'm sure we all experience those. We, uh, we went on our first family road trip. When I said road trip, I mean just car trip ever uh, with the two kids oh on, on Saturday morning. We, uh, we have friends that live in Ballarat, which is a surprisingly further away than what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was closer than yeah. Melbourne, an hour no, and 15 no. minutes. I was flabbergasted. Uh, so I was a bit, I, I originally in my mind thought, okay, it's a 45-minute drive. We can do this. We get in the car, and I key in you know, Ballarat, Go Maps, an hour and 15. I immediately just go into heart palpitations. I'm like, oh, my God. All right. <laughs> <laughs> right, we can do this. We can do this. But I thought, I said to myself, just stay positive. We can do this. We've got this. And I must say, the kids were angels. It was a, oh. a sh- sheer delight. It was so nice. Was, we went down to, I think it's called Lake Wendery. There's an adventure park there. We had a Wendery, merry old time. Yep. We saw our friends. Uncle, well, his last name's Crabtree. So we call him Uncle Crab and uh, Auntie Christina <laughs> and Cousin Luca. And... Uh, and yeah, we just had a great time down there. We had I had my first pie in years, homemade Ooh. pie from the local bakery, and it was just a great. And the kids were they both had to sleep on the way home. It was just a great day out. It was nice, nice Saturday morning. Ballarat is a very nice part of the world. It is a um, where the Davis family uh, springs from. In all oh, honesty, well, well, Bobby was from a town called Clunes just outside Ballarat, but Mum is from Ballarat. Lived in Raglan Street. Very nice part of the world. I, I like uh, I like Ballarat very much. Uh, although it's a chilly part of the world, I will always say that the uh, the coldest oh, <clears throat> the coldest winter I ever spent was uh, summer in Ballarat. Shoutouts to <laughs> shoutouts to all of our friends in uh, in Ballarat. But and then shout out to Uncle Crabs. Oh, that, no, Crab. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so Mr. Spritz goes to Washington. I watched this episode twice. I watched it really tired and didn't really like it. And then I rewatched <laughs> it this afternoon and really liked it. Tiredness will have that effect. It yeah. really will. A tiredness will just affect your mood and therefore affect your uh, yeah. perception of uh, any art that you're taking in. I, it's like I saw gags that I missed the first time around because I was obviously just drifting in and out of consciousness. Mm-hmm. But gags that I was I remember hearing when I was when I was when I was tired, going, Ugh, whatever. And I heard it this time and went, Ah, 
Very funny. And then, I, <laughs> and then I went and checked out who wrote this episode, John Swartzwater. So why should I be surprised? Our man Swartz. Uh, halfway through, I mean, I did see, of course, see the uh, the John S. name at the very start uh, of the credits. Yeah. Yeah, but halfway through, it was like, yeah, this feels very John S., doesn't it? It's got that pace. It's got yeah. that, uh, it's got the the references that are a little off-centre or, or very sort of idiosyncratic, very him, uh, but also just that great screwball comedy pacing as well. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it feels like a shout-out to old movies or old TV shows as well. I mean, it feels like a... Like a perverse version of like a Frank Capra movie, like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington or something like that. But, uh, well, Mr. S- Mr. Spritz goes to Washington naturally. <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> what? <laughs> that just twigged. No, no. <laughs> uh, but I enjoyed it a whole lot, I've got to say. I, yeah, I, I didn't really have that many expectations going in. Uh, but watching this, I was like, oh, this is where that gag's from. Because there were a few one-liners and bits and pieces mm-hmm. in here that I remember really, really enjoying at the time. Yeah. I did think the, the political stuff got a little bit overindulgent at times, but... It did at the end, certainly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just sort of, yeah, I just sort of went, ah, oh, okay, we get the joke, he's going a bit too hard, but it sort of, it was come to a point where it was so over the top that it just, it was hard to be, not, not even I found it offensive, but I feel like this could be an episode that could be very divisive uh, mm. because of how one-sided it is. It really portrays the Republicans in a bad light. This it does. It's very cynical. Yeah, politics yeah. This episode, and there's, there's only a couple of lines that sort of go the other way. I think that when Lisa says, "You know, I'd like to be on the winning side for once," things like that. Yeah. But but um, it, so it wasn't very balanced in, in, in that regard. But I think it was just it was so over the top that even Republicans would find this funny because it's like, oh well, if it, this is it might be perceived as bad, but not like this. This is silly. Yeah. You know? Well, this is a 2003 episode, right? So we're we're. Yeah. So we're what three years into the George W. Bush administration? Was he two thousand? Yeah, two thousand. I think he yeah. was two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, to the best of my recollection, <laughs> I mean, people were treating George W. Bush the way they treated Trump. I mean, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe uh, George W. Bush looked good in, the, in hindsight, <laughs> but at the same, but at the time he was in Paris, like. This guy, he's so stupid, and yeah, he's he's not really fit to govern, and all this kind it's just of. Just what we're so, saying. We're not saying that. It's just what the what's what the the commentary was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we don't want to we don't wanna get too political on this on this uh, on this podcast, but uh, like even yeah. an episode about Washington politics. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Let's do, avoid that. We would we'll do our best to avoid political views to uh, over the top like this episode. But I just I just I went into it going, oh, it's that political one with Krusty. I remember watching this, but and not really enjoying it, but. Man, I, I thought there were so many one-liners. Like you said, moments that I forgot where they came from were in this one as well. And so I thought, we'd, let's get into them. Hey, my favourite. My favorite, One of my favourite moments from, from this episode was one that I remembered, but I forgot where it came from, was Homer busting out Credence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> That's it. We're on the same page, man. That was yeah. so funny. I see a bad moon rising. <laughs> just, just mixing up CPR and CCR. <laughs> and, and then just Marge explaining what it is. This kicks on. Just busting out CCR just got me. I that tickled me a lot. I thought it was very funny. It's very very Homer as well, and it felt very swat swatter. It <laughs> so, did, didn't it's it? Yeah, so just, it's so random. It's so good. And, but it's just such a simple gag that you you <laughs> mix up CPR and CCR. <laughs> and the, you know the good thing was Homer was genuinely trying to help in that moment. He oh, thought yeah. he was doing the right thing. <laughs> that was really good. I really liked um, Krusty going. Is it the Jewish thing? Because I can fix that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Carlton Witherspoon the third. Where's my five iron? <laughs> oh, 
Crosses one question off his list. <laughs> okay, sorry. And finally, I loved... I don't know why I love this so much, but Homer getting attacked by security guards. I see, I see my groin. <laughs> Pulling yeah. out his best foghorn leghorn voice. I see, yeah, I see was... my groin. groin. <laughs> Makes absolutely no sense, but man, it was funny. What about yourself? What, what did you enjoy? Uh, I've got to say, I really enjoyed well the whole reason why they diverted the flight uh, flight path. Oh yeah, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me. But the bit after that was something that I really dug. And yeah. forgive me for putting on my nerd hat here, but um, <laughs> oh, thanks, Joe. You're the swellest. <laughs> That's your voice. I regret building you that opera house. Now it's a bit of a shout out to a movie that they pay a bit, a bit of a tribute to on the Simpsons, a bit in Citizen Kane. Um, is it okay? Yeah, because one of the subplots of um, of Citizen Kane is that Kane, the guy in the in the the billionaire in the movie, falls in love with this uh, this woman who fancies herself an aspiring opera singer, and he's so in love with her, and you know, will do anything for her. Yeah, will do anything for it that he actually builds her a career as an opera singer, even though she's marginally talented. You know, and, and basically forces her into this career because she realises, because she's getting all this terrible feedback from people like, yeah, she's not that good. But Kane's like, no, nah, I've thrown all this money into it. You're going to keep singing. You're going to be an opera star. And, um, yeah, so sure. that's, yeah. Well, that, that was lost on me. But, yeah, thank you for, thank you for well, pointing that out. I'm sorry. It's a bit of a nerdy reference. No, no, that. it's good. That we, we learn things here. I just got an absolute. That's your voice, <laughs> but also the voice. The voice you play. Oh, thanks, Joe. You're the swellest. <laughs> so yeah, they're my um, they're my favorite. Well, CCR and and that bit were my favorites from the episode. But there is a lot to enjoy. I must, know, I must the, say, the I also got a kick out of um, and because it was so ridiculous, but the offensive crusty skit. And Krusty doing all the impersonations. <laughs> so, like, what, what's the San Francisco? What does he say again? I'm here and fabulous. Yeah. And- <laughs> That's so stupid. It was a different yeah. time, 1998. <laughs> it's amazing how we're still... How many times have we done this on Four Finger Disc? Eh, there's a different time, 2003. <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right, trivia for Mr. Spritz goes to Washington. My first question is, mm-hmm. which room were Marge and Homer sent to to fill out Form 1790, I believe it was? <laughs> okay, yeah, crosses this one out. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to ask you, which room and which form? Yeah. Uh, it is room 915 mm-hmm. and the form is 1790. 1790. Question for you, though, yeah. what does that form actually do? Ah, damn it. I knew you were going to ask me something like that. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't do it. What was it? Uh, it's, it is an application to open a Cinnabon stand. That's right. I, I wrote the note. I didn't cheat, though. <laughs> Good My for next you. Question. By, the, by the way, Cinnabon, apparently in Melbourne now. Oh, there you go. There's a lot yeah. of a lot of franchises coming to Australia these days, and I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, like Five Guys Burgers. and. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, always, I'm a bit, bit keen to try a Cinnabon, I've got to say. Yeah, for sure. My next question is, which plane was running late? Oh, damn it. Um, was it to Denver? No, Miami. Nope. I don't know where it was to. I know where it was from. Was it the 355? 1055. 1055. And I've got a bonus question here. Can you tell me the plane prior to that, the 1052, it connected from where? This one, I believe, was Miami, but it connected from where? Oh. Texas. No, oh, hmm, okay. Then. No, no, it's somewhere in Texas. Oh, Dallas? Dallas, correct, yes. <laughs> 
I love how you help me through these questions when I'm clearly <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, a question for you, though. Cookie Kwan yeah. works for which real estate company? Wow. Is it still the same one as Lionel Hutt's one? Give it a try. Oh, um, ah, shit. I should know this. I really should know this, and I can't think of it. What is it? It's Red Blazer Red Realty. Blazer. That is. That's Lionel Hutz's one. But obviously, yeah. we don't see Lionel Hutz anymore because the late, great Phil Hartman's no longer with us by this point. Oh, we miss you, Phil. We do. All righty. So that is trip. Oh, do you have any more questions for me? I've got a few, actually. Oh, hit me. Hit me. I love it. What do you okay, got? Okay, then. What was being served at the $100 a plate crusty dinner? Oh, th- three bean salad. That is also correct. One more question for you, mm-hmm. just to make you feel good about yourself. Which curly were they up to on that Three Stooges episode? Four. Four. I really, enjoyed, I really enjoyed that as well. Actually, <laughs> I felt bad for him. Yeah, yeah. All right, that is trivia for Mr. Spritz Ghost of Washington. We'll be right back after this short break with our full in-depth review. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yes, it's time for Patreon shoutouts. Kicking off with our man Timothy Belson, Jonathan Rossi, Dylan Haggett, Zach Pruitt from the You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Andrew Zer. Kane Von Nagy, Christopher Darby, Joel Yoland, Jordan Molman, Richie, Katie G, Nick Barbaro, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Jenna Rice, Reese Roberts, Adam Sanderson, Matt Thompson, George McMenemy, Keith Nedham, Stephen Roberts, Ben Smith, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, The Iconic, June Fucking Richards, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, and Groundskeeper Noah. Also, shout-outs go to Adam Johnson and Ben Smith for this week. Thank you so much, guys, for your ongoing support. Remember, if you do enjoy the show and you want to help support and join the Four Finger Discount family, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount for a bunch of extra exclusives. Or if Patreon is not your thing, you can just simply chuck us a donation on PayPal at fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com. But for now, it's time to kick back and enjoy our review of Mr. Spritz Goes to Washington. The original air date of Mr. Spritz Goes to Washington was March 9th, 2003, directed by Lance Kramer and written by John Swartzwalder. Uh, there was no chalk gag, I believe, this week, but the couch gag was the one where they sit on the couch, home clicks the remote, and they go to the Stone Age and then the Roman Empire and then back to, uh, to the present. The episode kicks off with Homer and Bart watching episode of the Three Stooges, a late one called Brittle Boneheads. I, I know you said you felt sorry for him, but I thought it was quite funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want to do this no more. <laughs> yeah, stroke victim, oh, yeah. <laughs> then we get the, the Joe Millionaire scroll along the bottom and the mmm promo. So this is very much a thing of the time because we still tend to get these, but at the, at that point in time, I felt like the, 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 the scrolling along the bottom was very obnoxious. It used to take a big oh, yeah. chunk of the screen and it'd be animated and it'd be like, fuck off, what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, it used to happen, I go back and watch old tapes of The Simpsons that I recorded and it'd be like all these animations across the bottom and I'm like, go away. <laughs> but, uh, so Homer eats it, mm, promo. I feel like that would have been made purely for like the commercial break, like, like, the, like the ad to, pr- to promote the episode. I and reckon get- so. By the way, they're bringing back Joe Millionaire. Apparently they they're really? re- rebooting it for 2021. My God, we're at that phase of our lives now, rebooting reality shows. Goodness gracious oh, me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we've been doing it for years, haven't we? We have. We get the U Fox, another Jabbit Fox. Been doing that a lot lately, taking the piss out of Fox. Yeah. I guess when you have such an array of writers now, which they do, they tend to do, they don't realise that they're all doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, really biting the hand that feeds them, aren't they? They then think it's an earthquake. Or as a viewer, you think it's an earthquake. The house is all shaking and everything, and Marge is concerned that the swear jar is going to smash. 
swear, Jaws. It's the only thing holding back the filth. Nutty fudgkins. The squ- I didn't get the squirrel in Lisa's room going mental. What, what was the squirrel doing? Uh, nor do I. It felt a bit like filler, in all honesty. I mean, it didn't really add much to the overall uh, comedy. No, no. Thing, what, did what, what, did the, what did Lisa do to the squirrel? Never, I didn't understand. No. The, uh, the stuffed toys all falling on Maggie's head. The family then outside, and they, they see there's a plane going over, and then the various other uh, airships, like the Duff Blimp and Professor Frank, still beats US Air. So is US Air really that bad? You hear sort of mixed reports about various American okay. airlines, don't you? I mean, it, it did feel like Swartzwater was throwing his own opinion on everything in this episode. Like, yeah, like, I think he was airing a lot of grievance. Yeah, he had a bad, <laughs> a bad experience of USA. He's like, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's probably you know got a little bit of a gripe with Fox. It's like, yeah, let's stick the needle into yeah. those buggers. <laughs> uh, the mafia jet goes past, and they're watching the divine secrets of the Yaya sisterhood. I must admit, I didn't. I was wondering if that was Joe. I mean, it I was Joe, the yeah, credits, yeah. and yeah, it did say Joe Montagna in the um, in the uh, final clo- in the closing credits. By the way, Joe, open invitation to appear on Four Finger Discount. Come and say hi. You know we'd like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was like, wow, Joe must really enjoy being on the show. That he's going to come back for one line only. Yeah. Well, not, his thing is if not that if, great a one. If Joe, if uh, Fat Tony's on the on the episode, he must be the one to record it. That's like his thing. He wants to do it every single time, regardless of how much he has to speak. Yeah. Which I think oh. is a, a good quality. Good shows, on him. Shows that he loves the role. The family are having their meals, and the sh- the plans going over. All the shaking causes the meals to swap around, and uh, Maggie gets the beer and whatnot. Mm. Then Homer goes for a nice relaxing shave. How much longer is this going to go? I'm gonna go calm my nerves with a nice relaxing shave. Tissues, please. Homer then tries to fend off a plane with a rake, which I thought was a really good visual. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> An old man on the roof just, go away! Go away! <laughs> the only thing about this story, and it's only a slight nitpick, but I just want to point it out. It doesn't bother me, but if you wanted to critique it, it's like, mm-hmm. why did it seem that only the Simpsons family were bothered that the planes were going over the houses? That's true. Ned seemed very unfazed by it all. Well, yeah. Did, did we hear anything about did no, we no, see Ned in this episode? Yeah, no. when Homer yeah, just puts very the, briefly. Yeah, when Homer puts the the sign on his front. Yeah, but no one ever, no one else seems to complain. It's just the Simpsons house. <laughs> it's really yeah, wrecking havoc on the Simpsons house and the Simpsons lifestyle. But everyone else seems re- quite cool with it. Yeah, yeah. Lisa suggests that they Homer goes to the airport authority. Homer then walks off the roof. So this felt very Swartzwater. He walks off the roof, <laughs> and we get the cat, dog, and a. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a gift for the random, yeah, doesn't he? for sure. We're now at the airport and the, the man tells him to go to room 915 to fill out the form 1790. Man, I have some bad experiences at airports. I know exactly oh. what this is like. Not government officials, but just airports in general. When we were in Hawaii on our honeymoon... No, no it wasn't honeymoon. Our friends were getting married in Hawaii. We'd just taken Elliot. So Elliot was 10 weeks old. We'd flown to Hawaii. We're on our way back. And we booked it so that, you know, all of our seats were in a row, one, two, three, because Nicola was still breastfeeding, we wanted to be together, she wanted to have some privacy, blah, blah, blah. We get there and they're like, okay, so so you'll be sitting in this row and you, you miss, will be sitting in this row. And Nicola's like, no, 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 we, we, we booked the seats so that we're up the front, we've got the foot space for the kid and we're going to be sitting together. And she's like, uh, unfortunately, you know, when, when you do that, we... It, it's, it's a request as opposed to an actual booking. She's like, yeah, you see, that's not what I'm going to be accepting right now. <laughs> so, 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 so Nicola had some stern words and the woman 
went off and spoke to her manager and came back and she goes, oh, look, you know, I was able to do a few things and I able to work it out. I'm like, yeah, fucking, you did nothing. Just fuck mm. off. You just give us our seats. So we're like, our friends, <laughs> so they got they were on their honeymoon. Phil, my, my best mate Phil and his wife, his now wife, Ellie, were in Hawaii also, Hawaii Airport. And they were told, they booked a, they booked a, a tickets on the same flight, but then they got told they're on separate planes. Despite it being their honeymoon, what? <laughs> and they were told when you make the booking, you're not guaranteed a seat. It's just a request. And I'm like, when the fuck did this become a rule? Like, if I book a seat and I pay my goddamn money, I fucking got a seat, right? <laughs> you're, you're sounding very Schwarzwelder right now, and just and justifiably so. But I'm very glad that uh, Nicola harnessed the power of Karen. Oh. And um, and said, let me speak to your manager. <laughs> <laughs> Nicola's very good at getting free shit and getting things yeah. sorted. Lou is very good like that as well. The lovely Louise is... I tend to be a bit of a pussy Same. when it I comes to down. stuff like that. I, spe- I'm like, I, speak, I speak tough until I'm speaking to them. <laughs> absolutely. And I'm like, oh, look, I mean, these guys are just working with the best they can with what they've got. Eh, look, I'll let it slide. Lou won't let that happen. (laughs) (laughs) And it's why we love them. (laughs) Indeed. God bless them. Look, can you please just tell us why you've changed the flight paths? Uh, Look, they were changed because it disturbed local wildlife and their mating rituals. Vote Quimby, vote Quimby, vote Quimby, vote Quimby! Without those noisy planes, I can finally hear my kitten purr. Thanks a million, Joe! You're the swellest! That's your voice? Now I regret building you that opera house. The government agent then threatens Marge and Homer. And I love that he brings up the super soldiers. And you didn't hear anything about the super soldiers. Super soldiers. <laughs> I did like that above his desk it had like sarcasm, uh, sarcastic official on, on duty or something yeah, along yeah. those lines. They, they, they telegraph their punches. Family haven't slept in, in weeks or days or whatever they say. And I, boy, did I relate to this. <laughs> oh, man. One year going now. One year going, no sleep. We're going though. We're getting through it. Yes. The, uh, you'll, the look, dog- you'll look back on these with I don't know, relief. Yes, <laughs> shall we say? The dog has eaten all of his hair. Grandpa's toilet mm. is moving across the room. <laughs> he had a dream like that. He did. And then Ma suggests that you know she never thought she'd have to say this, but maybe it's time that we move. And they bring in Cookie Kwan Cookie from Kwan. the west side. But this is the <laughs> east side. Who is this lady? <laughs> <laughs> A poor man jeweler considering buying the house until they're blown away by the the, the planes going over. But then blown back in the other direction, so hey, right. it all works out. Ralph offers a pretty good deal though, doesn't he? It's it, it's not bad. I mean, milk and three crowns is good. Chocolate milk, however. Come on, yeah. man. I do love Cookie Con though. It's a good offer. I suggest you take it. <laughs> take it. <laughs> we can't sell the house. We can't live here. What are we going to do? Why don't we go to our congressman? That's a great idea. Why didn't you say something before? I've been saying it for three weeks, but every time I open my mouth... What? They then go to Congressman Horace Wilcox. Unfortunately, <laughs> though, he, although he agrees, he then dies of a heart attack. But a, lo- a lot of elder abuse in this yeah. episode. Not, not necessarily abuse, but uh, they're certainly... <laughs> acknowledging the frailty of human existence. They do love elder abuse on The Simpsons these days, though, particularly Grandpa. Oh, yeah. He had it coming. Yes. <laughs> but then we get the great Homer singing Credence Clearwater Revival, which I think might be one of my favourite Homer moments for a long time. <laughs> I really, it's, really it's, enjoyed it. It's this. really, really good. I, I had an, like an instant flashback back almost two decades, just like, 
that's a really good joke. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I was, I don't know if he's uh, in my current house or in my old house, but I distinctly remember just, um, yeah, watching the TV going, nice one, Simpsons. Yeah. You, you came through with that one. <laughs> the shaking so bad, all my omelets have become frittatas. That's the saddest story I've heard in my 75 years of public service. It makes my blood boil and my left arm feel numb. Also, I taste copper. Quick, someone performs CPR. Uh, I see a bad moon rising. That's CCR. Uh, uh, looks like we're in for nasty weather. We then get the news report about um, about the heart attack. And Homer suggests that they all do the suicide pact. Probably could have done without that. Didn't really go anywhere. Mm. But, uh, but then we get the, the Krusty promo because Channel 6 has got nothing else. <laughs> and Bart says, maybe we can get Krusty to, to, um, to go run for Congress and he can change it all for us. And they say, you know, because all these entertainers are now doing it. They didn't mention Arnold here. Was that a deliberate choice? That's a good point. Arnold may have been too big to mess with. That's, that's well, when, when was he the governator? I thought it was 2000. He was the governor in 1999 because he was in the wrestling as the governor. Or maybe he wasn't the governor yet. Let's look it up. Maybe okay. he was just in the wrestling. I thought he was a governor by that point. Uh, I didn't think it was until like the mid-2000s. Oh, he, um, you could be right. Yeah. Swartz. Well, that's Swartz, the first Swartz, time for everything. But... I only thought Swartz was a governor. Swartz uh, <laughs> nigger. Governor. But he certainly was... Jesse the Body Ventura. Who else have they mentioned? Sonny Bono. But, and... I think Gopher from The Love Boat. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was the governor, just opening up here. It began in 2003, so it began that year. So maybe he oh, just okay. missed out. Mm, there we maybe go. Maybe this episode, oh, this episode would have been made beforehand, of course, because it aired in early 2003. So yeah, they just missed out on the ability to make that gag. But Yes, anyway. indeed. And uh, lucky for them, they had no idea that uh, that uh, the host of that Apprentice TV show was going to enter politics. Yes. And uh, Well, they did know. They've already made that joke. The Simpsons predicted it, remember, Guy? They predicted it. Simpsons did it. Oh, man. <laughs> How many news sites, news sites do you think milked that one when Trump became president? Oh, Simpsons predicted it. Way too many. <laughs> <laughs> So we get the Krusty promo, and um, yeah, they're talking about how Krusty should run for Congress. Bart then goes to see Krusty. Another good line here <laughs> from Krusty, because he thinks he's dying. And get your mom to send back the hat when, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great hat. Krusty's the cure with the two Ks. Yeah, very good. <laughs> all right. I say this all the time, but yes, get on your um, merchandising uh, bike and make Krusty's the cure hats. I can't say I buy one, but hey, someone might. Someone certainly will. Uh, he convinces Krusty to run for Congress because he can change all the laws that will benefit him, including Mr. Teeny. And, uh, <laughs> and you get the, finally get the FCC off his back. If you get elected, you can change all that and stop those stupid airplanes from flying over my house. Yeah, I could even tell the FCC to take a hike. Look at this list of words they won't let me say on the air. Oh, all the good ones. Hmm, I never even heard of number nine. It's doing 13 while she's 11-ing your five. Can I keep this? Sure. No 12 off my ass. We're now at the Republican Party headquarters, and uh, everything's now being named after Reagan. Even Franken-Reagan. <laughs> oh, God. And uh, Bob Dole chiming in because he likes, well, he likes power, and he likes hearing his own name. Like saying, Bob, Bob Dole. Bob Dole, Bob Dole, Bob Dole. I remember they've been here before, and it didn't, this one didn't feel as like, of course, they've made him. Like, having Dracula there and stuff. The first time it, it came across a bit... Self-indulgent, overindulgent. Oh, of course, you know we don't. We know you don't like the Republicans, but come on, mm. that's a bit too far, far-fetched. But this just seemed to work. It wasn't too bad. 
Yeah, I mean, it stuck the needle, uh, the knife in, but not too deep. Nah, nah. Now to the matter at hand. Whom will we put up for young Wilcox's congressional seat? Gentlemen, I am your candidate. Maybe Bob Dole should run. Bob Dole thinks Bob Dole should. Actually, Bob Dole just likes to hear Bob Dole talk about Bob Dole. Bob Dole. We want Krusty. We want Krusty. Uh, just one thing. Are you guys any good at covering up youthful and middle-aged indiscretions? Are these indiscretions romantic, financial, or treasonous? Russian hooker, you tell me. No, no problem. We'll say you were on a fact-finding mission. I did find out one fact. She was a guy. Although I wasn't a huge fan, again, of the she was a guy. Not because of the joke. I just felt like you didn't need to tell us. Just imply something. Yeah, but like, I think she they was a to... guy. I was like, uh, you, you could have made that. You could have made that joke in a more subtle way. They could have. I'm wondering if they could have done the Eddie Murphy thing after that. Actually, they probably could have, and in a in a subtle way as well, because yeah, that whole. Do you think people know about the Eddie Murphy controversy, such as it was? Let's assume some listeners out there don't. Do you want to explain it in two minutes or less? <laughs> oh, I'll try and do it in thirty seconds or less. But Go the thing of it. it was. I don't know if Eddie Murphy was actually busted with a transgender or, as they were known back in the day, transsexual hooker. He, Eddie, said, What have you done for me lately? <laughs> what have you done for me lately, Eddie? No, no. I think Eddie took the line, look, sometimes see these poor folks doing it tough on the streets. I'll give them a lift or I'll throw them a few bucks just to help them out. And everyone liked Eddie, so I'm like, yeah, that scans, I guess. So, um, and it sort of went away. Yeah, no one really talks about it anymore. No, and it's funny how you just sort of pick and choose which celebrities you want to bring up the past with. There is, yeah. yeah so we don't like that guy. Let's um, let's bring up that one thing he did in 1981 over and over and over again and again and again and again and again. Oh, God, there's this guy I follow on Twitter who every time anyone mentions like Mark Wahlberg... He'd be like, oh, do you mean that guy who nearly blinded that Vietnamese guy in that hate crime back when he was a teenager? I'm like, dude, I just want to talk about boogie nights. <laughs> you know, um, or, you know, or you mentioned, um, well, you know, Mad Men's a, Mad Men's a really good show. Did you know that John Hamm, when he was in a frat, he, he uh, hazed some guy so, so um, heinously that the guy's sterile now? I'm like, did he really? Apparently so. I, I don't know. know. Yeah, but I'm like, yes, dude, I, I, I remember that from the first 19 times you told me. Yeah, so. I, I, <laughs> I work with a lot of people that are like this. And sometimes I just sort of say to them, can I please just, am I still allowed to enjoy their body of work? Yeah. Like, I, like it's, if they're just one person in a movie, yeah. why should the per- everyone else who's in that movie now be forgotten or that role that they play be forgotten because that one person did something in the past that was maybe heinous? Yeah, but that doesn't mean that the rest of the film should suffer. If that makes any like, sense, dude. I still like watching Usual Suspects, even though it was directed by Brian Singer and stars Kevin Spacey. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but um, you may consider me a monster for for, for that. But what are you? Gonna do? <laughs> you, you're not just a monster. You're history's greatest monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, if any Murphy can go on to do Doctor Doolittle, I suppose we could make this work. Congratulations, Krusty. You're running for Congress. You pound that sign into your own lawn. Eh, I'm still undecided. Krusty is then talking to the Latinos. This was a pretty good montage of Krusty learning <laughs> to be non-offensive. Yeah. <laughs> it, it took like a lot Swartz, of work. It's like Swartzwater getting out all these offensive gags in a way that allowed him to. 
Well, like we said about uh, about comedy of the past, you have to have that character who is the one that is inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, you know, as long as you acknowledge it, that he is a pro- inappropriate and you shouldn't be like this guy. Yeah. Inappropriate or the one you love to hate or the 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 bad person, the Cartman or even the Kramer to some degree. Yeah, but um, I mean Kramer's not Kramer's never bad. mean to people though. <laughs> no, but he but he has no sensor. He has no filter. Yeah. But, yeah, Ka- but Cartman, Cartman's very much, yeah. Cartman is kind of the prime example of this. Uh, yeah, if someone didn't <clears throat> make my breakfast, I'd be like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> and look, it's terrible, but at the same time, it's also, I'm really laughing at this. <laughs> oh, no, nothing gets me more, though, than when he's going on about women and Miss Crabtree's like, get in your chair. Yes, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They're always paper tigers as well, these yes. guys. So. If you do love South Park, check out Going Down to South Park, our other podcast we do here on the Four Finger Discount Network. You'll have yeah. yourself a time. Listen to us doing various Cartman impersonations. <laughs> I think that's all it is <laughs> for 45 minutes a week. But anyway, so Krusty has said he's going to vomit on all their mother's graves. And then he goes to the women's group. He's overly sexist here. Let me say I was the first clown to put a woman in sketches. Miss Bada Boom Boom Boom. She had more acting talent in one boob than most women have in their entire rack. Oh. Yeah, you with a million dollar gams. Oh. Don't you see? He's pointing out how sexist men can be. Yeah, listen to the tomato with the melons. I mean, it's it's overly offensive, but that's meant to be the joke. He is a, he's being horrible here. But yeah, I, I found it entertaining nonetheless. <laughs> We're now at the $100 a plate charity dinner at the Simpsons house. For $200, you get a photo. And for $1,000, he will do what, Mr. Davis? He'll organize a hit, won't he? Yeah. I thought <laughs> the family were a bit too shocked by this. Like, even Homer was just like, oh. I was like, yeah, Homer a- wouldn't really care. But I think Homer would find that. I good. thought Homer was going to like consider it. Like, hmm. and I, I, thought, I thought a good game there would be like, Homer going, hmm. and Marge going, Homer? What? 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 <laughs> yeah. But it was great though. I love this. This is so relatable. When you give me that look, it was a it's joke. A joke. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, I'm wondering if um, yeah, and there were any stand up guys or, or, you know, stand up comedians in the, in the writer's room who um, used that line on occasion. <laughs> we then get the live news report. From uh, John Armstrong's, what is it, just a, a, a press conference of some kind or whatever? Yes, yeah. Krusty is an insensitive bore, unfit for public office. Just take a look at this incredibly offensive sketch from his show. I shall now call the rule, France. Oh, my cheese. She stinks. No, wait, it's me. Jamaica? Hey, man, I call for a joint session. This vote is dreadlocked. San Francisco? Hello there, Thaler. I'm here and fabulous. Now I'd like to make a motion. (laughs) You can't judge me by that sketch. It was a different time. 1998. Yeah, I thought this was, again, very... Uh, offensive and over the top and but it's so over the top that it's funny like, oh, it, yeah. I'm not going to be offended for somebody else I find that even the people he was they were taking the piss out of here or he was taking the piss out of would find this entertaining you know, oh it's, god it's, yeah. it's funny yeah because it's because Krusty is clearly so clueless <laughs> yes that's the joke <laughs> and it's and it's they're not even good jokes at the expense of these people no, they're, just, no. they're the worst kind of hacky material so it's just 
such a blunt object hitting you over the head that, I don't know, in the end you just have to sort of surrender and start laughing. You're not laughing at Krusty's gag. You're laughing at how ridiculous it is that he's doing this. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I thought it was good. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time, 1998. <laughs> then the house shakes once again. The jet crashes in through the window and they beg him to turn his campaign around. Is it the Jewish thing? Because I can change that. <laughs> there we go. Carlton really- Witherspoon third with his five iron. Is it the Jewish thing? Because I can change that. I'm Carlton Witherspoon third. Where's my five iron? I really got to kick out of that. And Lisa says, you know, I don't want to really help the Republicans, but it'd be nice to be on the winning side for once. <laughs> and she says, you know, you need to make an honest connection with your with your people. And then he, what do you think of the dropping the pants needs to go out in a joke? Yeah. It, I, it didn't. I don't think it really needed it, but it did, wasn't. Didn't I think take me out the, of it. Se- the scene needed a button. It needed something to close out on, True. and this was a, this was a bit much. This was a little too much. But I think it just the pants dropping would have been fine. But the, I kind of like the waddle. The waddle. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was a bit cute. Speaking of funny noises, there's a bit coming up that I really enjoyed. So we're now at the big debate, and on the sign, kids get bored for bored free. for free. Yeah. <laughs> Krusty mentions. That. No one offered me 50 grand a week. I threw my caviar at them. <laughs> Lisa says, no, no, no. You've got to connect, connect. And he says, you know, you're fighting for this family. Homer interrupts. You've got the Simpsons. Let the man speak. <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts winning over everybody. And then he goes, you'll all have a voice who does sound, who sounds like this. Billy Madison sounds. <laughs> he starts doing Sandler noise. <laughs> What? <laughs> you what? Seen, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but it's maybe even you told me about it. It's Saturday Night Live when they do all the different Sandlers. Yeah. And Jimmy Fallon doing the. Oh, wait, 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 wait. And, and, and Sandler's clearly like, he's so impressed that Fallon knew that version of that sound. Yeah, it's really, really good stuff. Check it out that the Sandler family reunion or whatever it is from Saturday Night Live. It's really good stuff. But um, yeah, so he's won over the people now with all these funny sounds. And it gets to a, another sort of like press conference thing, just another get together. And Moe's saying he's going to be shut down because the pipes underneath don't lead to anywhere. <laughs> How good was this? Well, these pipes are going to lead to a better tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> he's learned his lesson. Yes, he's, he's, he's a natural. He's turned his campaign around. It's really good. And then watch out for the 612 because we're on the train tracks. Ah, that's, that's Swartz. That's very Swartz. Very Swartz, well, of, of course. It's now the Fox News story. This was the bit where I thought could have been very divisive. Mm, it's also went, very he- it's also very heavy handed, but these were not subtle times. No, but because they went so over the top, it it worked. It was fine. Welcome to Fox News, your voice for evil. Tonight we'll be interviewing the top two candidates for Springfield's twenty fourth congressional district. For the Republicans, beloved children's entertainer Krusty the Clown, and for the Democrats, this guy. I have a name. Yes, I'm sure you do, comrade. I do appreciate your being here. You're usually so mired in sleaze. It must be an effort to come down to the studio. May I say something? Certainly, Congressman. He hasn't won yet? You make a very adulterous point. I did like the little bit along the bottom, the, the, the crawl. Rupert Murdoch, terrific dancer. <laughs> 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 but even things like referring to Krusty, yes, certainly, Congressman. Mm. <laughs> and then, he hasn't won yet! Yes, that is a very adulterous point. <laughs> anyway, just, yeah, so over the top, it's just funny. Um, they show Krusty's campaign commercial. How good is it? When a man loves his country, like Krusty loves America. Krusty the Clown, the man from funny. I've brought laughter to your homes three days a week, 18 weeks a year. 
for 12 of the past 25 years. But whenever America has needed me, I've been there. Photographs have been modified to include Krusty. So American. <laughs> oh, I thought it was great. Krusty's face on various iconic moments from time. It's not that far from the truth. No. Yeah. Uh, not, I say not far from the truth. I mean, they wouldn't get this far, but they, the vibe of the commercial is very... Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, 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 for sure. The vibe is very similar to a lot of stuff that's actually out there. I remember the last camp- campaign we had in Australia. I was like, do you want your country run by a man like this? And it's just like, so stupid. It's and amazing what you... I don't watch a lot of commercial TV these days, but occasionally you'll you know, want to watch um, Love Island Australia or something. Honestly, yes, I am watching it. <laughs> I can honestly say I've never, ever had an inkling to ever watch any of those shows. <laughs> the lovely Louise and her daughter Audrey are into it, and occasionally when I go over, it's like, well, time to take a break from 90 Day Fiancé and watch Love Island Australia with the girls. What, 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 what happens is, guys, guy goes out with his mates and goes, I don't watch that shit. And then gets home and goes, all right, ladies, what are we watching tonight? Yeah. <laughs> Bubbles. <laughs> Bubbles and Love Island Australia. I'm Not fabulous. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, you were talking about Love Island, yes? Oh, yes, but um, occasionally you'll see a commercial and it's like, oh, United Australia Party? But you've thrown $60 million at these ad campaigns and they're just shit? <laughs> yeah. I know. You think, who, who approved this dribble? Yeah. I'm Clive Palmer and I approved this message. Or what's his name? Who's the, who's the other guy, the new guy? I don't know, but they should Craig get, Kelly. They should yeah. get a Frank Walker from National Tiles. <laughs> <laughs> We're now at election night, and they're watching it from the second best Western hotel. Nice little <laughs> gag there. And uh, Marge is full of like uh, pins and needles, and Krusty's full of Pepto and Xanax. Election night is so exciting. I'm on pins and needles. And I'm on Pepto and Xanax. I'm so nervous I kissed my dog and gave my girlfriend a flea bath. Laugh it up, that show cost me a thousand bucks. We're ready to announce a winner in Springfield's 24th Congressional District. It's Republican candidate Krusty the Clown. Yay! I won! I'm a senator! Congressman. Whatever. We come back from commercial and Krusty's being sworn in. So apparently Swartzwater is a gun nut, a self-professed oh, okay. uh, gun nut. So this, this gag is okay to, be, to come from him. So relax, gun nuts, I can't touch you. Krusty then tries to reintroduce a bill and learns that freshman congressmen don't get to introduce squat. Um, that you have to paint a bucket and for the first two years at least, and they've just got to what clean graffiti off the wall. Yeah, Grover Cleveland sucks. What? What? <laughs> no, no, leave that one. Yeah, lest we forget. <laughs> the committee then is there on the committee, and they're just, I, I really like this line. So they're there to design coins that no one will use. I say let's make them with chocolate. Kids eat them anyway. Why fight it? <laughs> <laughs> And they're full of hot air. This last act very much was a just a piss take on politics in general. Yeah, it? it's, it's just Swartzwater just sinking the boots into what he views as the um, lazy and corrupt system of Washington. Simpsons then asked Krusty how many promises he's kept and none of them. And they, they judge him for it, although it's not really his fault. No, no, he's just a slave to the system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Homer holds up the, the, the menu and Krusty thinks it's like a... The, the, um, <laughs> the Constitution. The Constitution, yeah, yeah. <laughs> goes, goes to try and make a difference. Krusty says he's going to do so, tries again, but nobody is there, except for the one guy who wants to steal some Christmas presents. Indeed, but let's not forget that uh, that um, piece of paper that Homer was holding was, in fact, a menu that helps Yogi Bear find his way to the Washington Monument. 
It's stained with the blood of patriots. That's grape jelly. Yes, from the unknown toaster. That's the salute. <laughs> uh, very good. Oh, I like that bit. I just, Homer, Homer, when he gets patriotic, is is all never fails to tickle. I can sense that you'd be a big fan of when the Simpsons are watching the parade. And Homer says, God bless you boys. It's- Homer, they're the ice cream man. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Always uh, so- thank, you for your- thank you for your service. Yes. <laughs> the family then see Krusty that he's down and depressed because no one came to, to, to hear him. They say they must help. And Homer, and to make it more suspenseful, our plane leaves in 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, how Swartzwilder was that? <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, or at least least in half an hour is the exact quote. We actually got a message saying that you guys misquote too often. And I'm like, okay. So I'll try and get it correct. It was plain leaves in half an hour, not 30 minutes. Even though it means the same thing. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry about there that we, to you out there, that we misquote too much. We will endeavor to fix that. Uh, Walter Mondale is there. So, oh, oh, looks like Walter Mondale. (laughs) He helps them by teaching them how a bill becomes law. So the wrong, that's wrong. Is that a reference to something? Because it it felt very out of the ordinary to be be delivered like that. Uh, I'm not 100% sure in all honesty. It didn't feel like a reference to me. Can you explain to the listeners who Walter Mondale is? Uh, Walter Mondale, I think, was a Democratic nominee for president. I think he was up against Reagan in, uh, in 84. And of course, Reagan got back in. So, uh, uh, but yeah, one, Walter Mondale was just one of those grey suit, grey haired career politicians. Probably did quite well, but uh, just didn't have exactly what it took. It, not the guy you'd want in the White House. Okay, but but you know, he teaches Bart to blackmail the uh, the congressman with the the free mail privileges. <laughs> That's used right. to send a get well card to his aunt. Homer is told to drink the Southern Congressman under the table. You're a mommy of my high school yeah, drinking school coach. coach. <laughs> Lisa is then told to attach the bill to a more popular bill. And what was that more popular bill, Mr. Davis? Oh, was it for orphans? Flags for orphans. Flags yep. for orphans. That's yep. right. Homer, <laughs> that's never going to fail. No, and Homer bursts in with his distraction, which I thought was just fantastic. <laughs> Getting I my say, groin. I say my groin. <laughs> Why? Just it's so funny. Anyway. We will now vote on the flags for orphans and airline rerouting bill. Oh, well, it's paper clipped. Chairman Hayes, any objections? Congressman Beauregard? I don't want to fight no union. All in favor? Aye. Motion carries. The system works. I've become enchanted and illusioned with Washington. All is good with the world, and the planes are now flying over the homes of poor people. I've got here, so nothing was brought back to the status quo. So is Crossy now always going to be a congressman? That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he didn't say at the end, uh, I'm going back to the glamour world of no. show business or, yeah, or something like that. Because no, no, there's some real potential for some fresh stories, if that's the case. I hope they actually reference it again. It would be nice. I mean... There's probably some listeners some listen out there going, oh boy, are you going to be disappointed? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're invariably disappointed, but uh, a good episode. Uh, yes. A very fun episode, yeah. The first time I watched it, I thought, ah, oh, this is... this." Cause I feel like season 14 has actually been on a, on a roll at the moment. It has been, hasn't it? I yeah. Mean, I don't know if we. it's because we came into it with very low expectation thinking, it's all downhill from here. But 
It's no, it's been good. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any real stinkers. I mean, I'll I'll have a look back over the 14 episodes that we've that we've uh, spoken Season about so far. 14 Simpsons. Let's go back to episode one. I think there's there has been some stinkers. So we had, well, how I spent my summer vacation was great. Mm-hmm. Bart versus Lisa versus the third grade. You didn't enjoy that much, but I thought it was pretty good. Large Marge, which gets the implants, was funny. Helter to Shelter was pretty shit. That was the reality show one. Oh yeah, the Great Louse Detective was with Frank Grimes Jr., which was okay. It was a, a um, sideshow Bob episode. Special Edna, where uh, she gets the Teacher of the Year, which was fun. The Dad Who Knew Too Little, The Private Eye, which wasn't too bad. Strong Arms of the Ma, a great first two thirds. Mm-hmm. Pray Anything was pretty pretty shit. That was pretty pretty weak. It was pretty. It was just Homer being a jerk. Barting over was fun. Spelling as fast as I can was good. Star is Born again was good. Mr. Yep. Spritz goes to Washington again was good. So, yeah, four episodes okay. in a row have been really solid. Five of the last six have been what I would consider better than really good. I've really, really enjoyed them. So, season 14 is on an absolute roll, in my opinion. Shout out to season 14. Yes, but Mr. Spritz goes to Washington. If you have not revisited this one in a while, do so. It's really, really fun. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Well... If she is going to 11 your five, make sure you're doing 13 and not 12. No, do not do 12 or nine. Mm, eh, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a no, no judgment zone. I learned that if you ever want anything in life, anything, blackmail. <laughs> it's how you got me on this show. I'm exactly right. Have you ever blackmailed anybody? Not to the best of my recollection, no. Um, no. It's a terrible crime, and therefore I do not think I have done it. <laughs> and if I did, I would not admit it on this show. From this day forward, your names will be... All right, so the current leaderboard stands at this for the Guy Davis New Name Championship. In third position, we have D.L. Gorman on eight. In second position, Talia Enriquez on 11. And in first position, we have Philip Hawkins on 17 points. Take it away. Okay. Well, let's, well, let's go straight to the three, two, one, shall we? I mean, let's do it. No honourable mentions this time around. No honour. Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, one point goes to mm. Steve Roberts. Ooh, well done, Steve. Puts him equal third mm. for Republic Clown. I like that. Very simple. Well done. Gets the job done, doesn't it? Short and sweet. Yep. Yes, very good. Indeed. Two points to Luke McKay slash Mackay. Mm-hmm. What well, now that we've solved the uh, Talia Enriquez mystery? Next up is the Luke McKay slash Mackay quandary. Luke, yeah, the big get one, in touch. the big one though, is the D.L. Gorman, <laughs> the eternal mystery that'll never be solved. <laughs> I think on the very final episode of Four Finger Discount, way, way, way down the line, it'll be revealed the true nature of of D.L. Gorman. You won't know the true nature of D.L. Gorman until The Simpsons finishes, and that's never going to happen. So <laughs> so get used to it. Get used to disappointment, people. Uh, Luke gave us yep. two good ones for mm-hmm. two points. Variations on a theme, you might say. Okay. One of them is The Jest Wing. Oh, that's, that's fucking spot on. That's actually really good. I yep. like it, yeah. Just as good is The West Zing. The West Zing, yeah. See... I think I, I like the Jest Wing better, but they're both really, really solid entries. That's definitely worthy of the two points. I like it. Not too bad, but uh, three points. Mm-hmm. He's flying ahead even further. It's Philip Hawkins. No, I swear you just pick your favourites. Every I, season. <laughs> Philip Hawkins and I have never exchanged a single... Well, I don't know if we've communicated on the uh, on the patrons page or anything like that, but uh, I just like his style. 
Yep, fair enough. <laughs> and he's done two good ones here to earn him the three points. Um, White House Clown. Yeah, not bad. Not, not bad. Pretty I'm, good movie too. I'm a bit of a fan of White House Dan, so yes, yeah, I, yeah. I liked White House Clown. Um, and a very good, uh, shall, we say, shall we say, throwback shout out to one of my favourite bits from The Simpsons. It's mm-hmm. those clowns in Congress. See... He's appealing to your... He knows you love that moment. He's a very clever man. This, this Philip Hawkins is very clever. Oh, he's like the grandmaster, the chess whiz. Oh. The ultimate manipulator. He's, he's playing on another level. Get on Philip Hawkins's level, people. Yes. <laughs> but All right. they're, they're both pretty good, I think you've got to admit. They are very good, yes. So Phil Hawkins is now on 20 points in first position. Talia Enriquez on 11. And D.L. Gorman, Steve Roberts, both on 8 points in third position. Keep sending your new names through, guys. You can still catch Philip Hawkins. Don't worry. Just send yeah. through some good new names. We promise that we're not playing favourites here. It's just Phil Hawkins is really bringing the goods this season, season 14. If you want to contribute to the new name championship and potentially get your name on the leaderboard, because all you've got to do is get your name in the leaderboard to enter the wildcard draw at the end of the season as well mm-hmm. to win yourself some cold hard cash. you just got to be a four-finger discount patron. It's patreon.com slash four-finger discount. Just $1 per month. That's all it costs you. $1 per month for eternal happiness joining the <laughs> four-finger discount Facebook group where you get to banter with Guy and myself on a daily basis and just catch up and have a really good time. Plus, you get access to exclusive podcasts and all the other good stuff that comes with being a patron. Or if Patreon is not your thing, just go to PayPal and chuck us a donation at fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com and you'll also get yourself a shout-out on the podcast for doing so as well. But now, Mr. Davis, it is time for... JaVale! JaVale is here! Ooh! All right, so we'll head over to the... We'll start with the patrons' mailbag first, and mm-hmm. we'll dive into the, our listener mailbag and some questions come through on Twitter as well this week, Mr. Davis. Good so golly. We're, just, yes, we're taking social media by storm. Uh, Katie Giacca says, Were you ever a Three Stooges fan? And if so, who was your favourite? I can honestly say I've never seen a single episode of Three Stooges <laughs> ever in my life. Or maybe I have, I just have no recollection. I don't know. I can't say I was the hugest Three Stooges fan. You don't see them anymore. It's not like they get repeated anywhere or anything like that. They were just they were a product of their time, I guess, and they've just disappeared. I think so. There was a bit of a resurgence in the 80s. I th- was there? Okay. It was kind of a, a humanising thing for action heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mel Gibson's character in Lethal Weapon loved the Stooges. For some reason, they would occasionally cut to him watching the Stooges and having a bit of a laugh. And I think he might have thrown some Stooges woo, 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 into uh, some of his action stuff. He did it in The Simpsons as well, remember? Yeah. Oh, that's right, of course. Um, yeah. I'm trying to recall. I, I don't know if John McClane from Die Hard was a, uh, was a Stooges guy, but somehow I get the feeling that Bruce Willis was into them as well and maybe threw some Stooges stuff in. But no, they've kind of uh, yeah, gone the way of all things, unfortunately. Having said that, not a Stooges super fan, but I did read uh, an anecdote about, I believe it's Curly, Okay. Who, whenever he visited a town, if they were filming in a in a town or a new location, he would find a stray dog and adopt it. And over the course of his career, he rehomed or saved like more than a thousand stray dogs. Okay. Well, to answer this question, then Katie uh, Curly is my favourite Stooges. Curly, what Stooges. a dude! <laughs> what a lord! I know, right? And I know they released that Three Stooges film. It would have been about a decade ago, which absolutely tanked. Did. I remember watching that and thinking that it wasn't bad. Okay. Yeah. It was by the Farrelly brothers who did There's Something About Mary and a few others. And uh, It had Sean Hayes in it, I believe. Sean Hayes. The, and the rest, because this was going through a time when I used to watch WWE still, and 
they used to have celebrity guest hosts and I'm pretty sure that the, the cast of the Three Stooges guest hosted an episode of wrestling and the crowd just turned on a man. <laughs> it's a shame because I do recall enjoying that Three Stooges movie. The guy who played Curly in it was actually very, very good. A guy named Will Sasso. I think he was on Mad TV and he was a bit of a ringer, but they were all good. They all did a pretty good job with the uh, with the stooging. So Curly isn't the one with the curly hair? Is that... No, Mo is their leader. I'm trying to get this right because, yeah, it, it makes sense that you'd think Curly would be the one with the curly hair. But so no, Curly yes. Curly is the bald one. Yeah, I was looking at the picture here. said so Larry. Okay, yeah. yeah, so Curly's the bald one. Larry's... So, okay. So yeah. I, my whole life, I've always just assumed Curly was the guy with the curly hair. A wholly, <laughs> a wholly natural assumption to make. <laughs> <laughs> the Stooges are just fucking with us. They're not just doing physical comedy. They're also engaging with your mind. Exactly. Uh, next question from Andrew Swan. What does he say? What's your general thoughts on episodes of TV shows that revolve around policies... Or political issues, I tend to find I zone out more on these sorts of episodes as I don't tend don't, as I don't feel any sort of investment. Same with the old episodes of shows that are more themed about sports. I agree, especially when I was a lot younger. The political ones, I think it's because I just find them they always have an agenda, mm. not or not even necessarily agenda, but you can really understand what side of the of the coin they're from sure. from watching, particularly with comedy shows, and it really hurt shows like you know how Will and Grace got brought back speaking of Sean Hayes Will and Grace got brought back that first season was so anti-Trump it was like fuck off just (laughs) like I'm not I'm not pro-Trump or anti-Trump I couldn't really care to be completely honest but like do you have to just constantly just go to the same fucking joke all the time move on that's why I love South Park they were like well everyone else is doing it we're gonna do something fucking different yeah yeah no I think when South Park does it I tend to enjoy it a little bit more, mainly because, yeah, they're equal opportunity <laughs> offenders yeah. in that regard. But someone that wears their political preferences too heavily on their sleeve can be a bit of a drag for mine. Uh, next question comes from uh, Josh Webb. What has Josh Webb said? This might be too personal. Oh, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> but, but who do you guys favour in the next year's election? Yeah, we're going to avoid that one. <laughs> um, let's try and find one more from the patrons. So we'll randomly pick one. All right. And we'll go to Andrew JP. What has Andrew JP said? Andrew JP says, what's your favourite political satire show or who's your favourite political satirist, either Australian or overseas? Hmm. I, was, I was a big fan of Jon Stewart. On the yeah, Daily Show, when he started taking more of a political sort of bent, I think that was really post September 11. Uh, but he struck me as pretty smart with it, but also pretty funny with it. I mean, he never let the political messaging get so overbearing that you forgot that he was also there to make you laugh. I mean, he, he made you laugh and he made you think in equal measure, which I really, uh, really appreciated. And I think a lot of people have been trying to catch up with him as a result. Who was the Australian one, the satirist? John... Oh. There was Max Gillies. There was the Gillies Report. He, had, he used to have shows on SBS. That, it was more comedy. Um, th- it was John Clark? John Clark and Brian Dore? No, no. He was a young guy at the time. He had short, like, blonde Oh, John hair. Saffron. John Saffron, that's the dude. Yep, mm. John Saffron. He was pretty funny. Yeah. Jo- John Clark and Brian Dore used to do these little things at the end of the news, I think on a Friday night. Sort of like Friday mate, night, funny man kind of thing. Where... And they never got made up or anything like that. They were just, oh, today I'm John Howard or today I'm Paul Keating or whatever. But he always looked the same. He was very sharp, very, very funny. John Clark's no longer with us, sad to say, but uh, they, they were pretty damn funny and always stuck it to the man in, in equal measure as well. I mean, they didn't really play party favourites, so good for them. 
Right, now let's head through to our listener mailbag as well. If you've got a question for us or just a message, you can send it to simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. So this one here comes from Daniel Hartley. He says, hi, Four Finger Discount. Hi, Dan. Just to confirm that the term wanking or the wanking line was cut out of all UK versions of the spelling as fast as I can. <laughs> when he watched it on Disney Plus before this episode of the podcast, I was he was genuinely surprised to hear the line. Generally don't remember asking that question about Requiem for a Dream, by the way. So he must have had a part of the mailbag in that episode. Because <laughs> I remember when I went to, I think, did I go to help Holly? No I, went, no, I went to get something. I can't remember. I left the room for whatever reason and you answered his question. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, he would love some full-on Italian horror to get referenced, though, in the show. Do you like Italian horror? I do. I do. I do. Right. It's nuts. <laughs> it's right. so insane. Uh, particularly, you know, stuff from the 70s and 80s incredibly gory yeah it, italian horror from the uh, 70s and 80s it's all right by me all righty and this one here's from guy incognito <laughs> hoy hoy dando and guy ah, he, he says it your way dando and guy the proper way who are your favorite reverse poochies uh such as main characters introduced halfway through a show and the show gets even better or funnier as a result i'm talking about your constantine's zevas woodies from both Cheers and Psych, now that I think about it, and of course, your guy Davis's. <laughs> also, you guys watching Only Murders in... Are you guys watching Only Murders... There's a lot of questions here. Are you guys watching Only Murders in the Building on Disney Plus because it's really funny shit? So, but his question was, who, what shows, what characters do you enjoy who have joined the show halfway through and they improved the show as a result? What about Newman in Seinfeld? He wasn't halfway through. It was about season three, I want to say, but he improved the show. I would say so, Yes. I was never a huge Walking Dead fan. Okay. Uh, but Negan, I believe, was uh, Ooh, a, a pretty yep. good introduction. The thing is, though, he was kind of, he's still from the source material, though, wasn't he? So, But uh, that still answers the question. That's still a fair, fair decision. And fair a, good, a good name check with, uh, with Woody Boyd, uh, played by Woody Harrelson, joining Cheers yeah. after the death of Coach, after the death of Nicholas Colasanto, who played Coach. And I think it was season four that he joined. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he and um, Fra- Frasier. What's that? Frasier oh, Frasier as well, yeah. Kirstie Alley as yeah. well, yeah. Oh, yeah, Kirstie Alley was a fantastic addition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're going to have, like, fistfights in the street, whether you're a you know a Diane or a Rebecca person. And, look, props to Shelley Long. Like what she did, and she had great chemistry with Ted Danson, but Kirstie Alley all the way. Was it Mike? Who was the guy that played um, in MASH who replaced Trapper? What was his name? Mike, Mike Farrell? Mike Farrell, that, be, that would be it. Yeah, yeah. did he play, his character? he play BJ, didn't he? Was that his name, BJ? BJ oh, Honeycutt. I, I want to say BJ Honeycutt. Let's, t- let's type BJ Honeycutt. How do I not know this? BJ Honeycutt. Or did I just oh, make right. that name up out of thin air? No, because it started to... Hang on, Is it auto-correcting? Auto-predicting? Yes. <laughs> uh, BJ Honeycutt. Correct. That is his name. God, I, I love MASH and I can't believe I didn't know his name. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Mike Farrell, definitely. So that was a great addition as well. Mm. But they sort of replaced characters though. So who, what about someone who came in who didn't need to replace another character? Can you mm. think of any... What about uh, the guy who created Raymond's wife? She ended up playing uh, playing um, his brother's wife in the end on Everybody Loves Raymond. I'd never really watched Everybody Loves Raymond. So. Oh, Phil Rosenthal. His his wife ended up playing. Uh, oh. a, she ended up getting a role on the show. And she played. Oh God, what was Ray's brother's name? Um, I just know that it was Brad Garrett who played. Brad him. Garrett played it. You never watched Raymond? Raymond's a really funny show, dude. I should probably get into it, but. Uh, it is so simple and so like every time Nick and I put it on, we just laugh because it's just it's the it's the closest thing in the last twenty or so years 
to an old school, old fashioned sitcom, I reckon. Okay. Because very rarely did they venture from the house. Every episode was simple, had a simple premise, all based around a family. I really, I, I've got all the time in the world for Everybody Loves Raymond. All right, uh, any more questions? That'll do for the Simpsons mailbag. Yeah, he also, over- well, by the way, he also mentioned uh, Only Murders in the Building, which oh, yes, I yes. really, 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 really liked. So, okay. Yeah. I heard the finale was fantastic. I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard the finale was worth watching just in itself. Big, big fan of that show. One of my favourites of the year. All right, so I've jumped over onto the Twitter now, finally. I didn't post on the Instagram this week. Onto the Twitter. We'll do it next week. Onto the Twitter, at Four Finger Pod. Please follow us on there for some daily laughs. And I asked for some mailbag questions. All right, we've got here Sir Falman. So, at Sir Falman says, I know you guys talked about the Alex... Coming in, oh, oh, so I can't pronounce his last name. Sorry, but he's the new voice of Carl on, oh, on The Simpsons. I'm, but I'm you, wondering if he pronounced it's, it's spelled desert as in Sahara. Yeah. I'm wondering if he sort of puts a French sort of spin desert, on yeah, Alex yeah. Desert. Desert or something. Yeah, Alex Desert sounds about right. He became the new voice of Carl. Did you guys talk about any of the other new voice actors? I haven't. I did see a Dr. Hibbert one and our friend Jaden LeBran who are, oh, yeah. or LeBron, I should say, I believe it is, uh, who came into the show back in our review from last season, I believe. He's a good friend of the show. He does a really good Hibbert impersonation. He was trying his best to get on, on the show. I think he got through to like the audition stage and he didn't get it. I must say the new voice does not sound anything like Dr. Hibbert oh. and it takes some getting used to, but nothing quite like, this is not Simpsons related, the new voice of Kermit. What the oh, fuck, man? Have you I heard have that? I have not. Oh my god, it's fucking horrible. It sounds nothing like Kermit. I watched the Muppets Haunted Mansion on yeah. Disney Plus. Nothing like Kermit, and it just completely takes you away at the moment. It is so bizarre why they chose this person. I, I mean, I'm sure they're a lovely person, mm-hmm. whoever, whoever's doing the voice. But my goodness, not good oh, at, at Kermit. Didn't anyway. get the Dando seal of approval. No, not at all. All right, next question here comes from at Kobu Tech. Uh, kid presentable. <laughs> what is your favourite stretch of three episodes in a row? They think it's difficult to beat the beginnings of season five and season eight. Season five, you had Cape Fear, followed by Homer Goes to College, followed by Oh, Rosebud. man. Unimpeachable. Yeah. Season eight, you had You Only Move Twice, The Homer They Fall, the boxing episode, and Burns, Baby Burns of Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> it's two very good trilogies right yeah. there. I'd have to go three episode list to, to think of three off the top of my head because I can't exactly remember the order of the seasons, but those three... Those two uh, examples right there. I think you've basically set up, yeah, something uh, something that can't be beaten there, my man. It's hard to beat season five. Uh, did you know that Cape Fear, and I'm not too sure about Home Goes to College, but definitely Cape Fear was a carryover from season four. Oh. It wasn't supposed to be in season five, but what a season kickoff though. Cape Fear, goodness gracious me. Yeah, uh, even if it does have that rate gag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and final question here. I feel like you're not going to have an answer for this one, but you can talk about the movie. This is from at Seth Bullock 19. Seth says, Good name. Who are your favorite characters in Street Fighter? Oh. <laughs> so I played Street Fighter a lot on the arcade, never on the PlayStation or the Nintendo as a kid. I had the arcade in the fish and chip shop. I always played Blanco because he just looked cool. He's the monster looking green dude. I was more of a Tekken kid, and man, Eddie Gordo mashing that keypad. Holy shit, you could not beat me. It was the best. Tekken 3, my favorite fighting game of all time. Uh, but Mr. Davis, the Street Fighter movie. Oh, which Did I've you only, ever see that? I've only ever seen it like once or twice, and people are like trying to reclaim it. Like, oh, it's a lost 90s classic. No, it's shit. It's not that good. Um, Is it shit, though? I haven't revisited it in a long oh, time. Look, I, know it, I know I've got Candlelight, or Pandalot, I should say. Yeah, but for some reason... I think I've said this before, you know, there's that great line in Raiders of the Lost Ark where Belloc says, 
Look at this watch. I bought it from I bought it for pennies from some vendor in the street. I'm going to take it out in the desert, bury it for a thousand years, and someone will dig it up and it'll be priceless. Say the same thing about Street Fighter. It's like, no, this is poo. <laughs> then, you know, 20 years, 30 years later, we go, no, no, it's actually really good. No, you were 10 when you saw it. Um. <laughs> it's like Mortal Kombat for me. I loved Mortal Kombat as a kid. I haven't gone back and watched it, but I feel like it will just have so much nostalgia for me that I'll still appreciate it for what it is. That's the case for me, I think, absolutely. Because, you know, the remake of Mortal Kombat or the new Mortal Kombat movie came out uh, this year, early this yeah. year, I think. It did, yeah. And it's like, I get the feeling you're like a better movie, but you're not a more enjoyable movie. You, you know, as fun. Yeah, that's what I've been told. Like, it's a good... Uh, I've heard it mixed things. I've heard people say it's a terrible movie. I've heard people say it's a good martial arts movie, but it just lacks that that fun yeah. that the original has. And the... Mortal Kombat! It needs that music, man. Yeah. And plus, <laughs> I, yeah, I was never a Street Fighter player. I was a Mortal Kombat player. Yes, I think yeah, I, you have said this before. And yeah. I think I was a Liu Kang guy. Really? Yeah. I feel you being like a scorpion, like, get over here. <laughs> that, that's only in my um, in my private life. <laughs> I was all- <laughs> I was always Sub-Zero as a kid when I was playing Mortal oh. Kombat. Uh, and the, the only thing about Mortal Kombat that was, I could never figure out how to do the fatalities at the end. That was, but, what, but when you eventually nailed it correctly and you got that fatality to happen, oh man, was it the best. It was, it so was cool. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is our review of Mr. Spritz Goes to Washington. Next week, we're going to be reviewing an episode called C.E. Doe, which I find absolutely delightful, where Ooh. Homer becomes the owner of the Springfield Power Plant, and shenanigans ensue. Not shenanigans. I remember it being a really fun, not a really fun Bart and Homer, or just a good Bart and Homer story of Homer wanting to own the power plant and then realising he's losing the connection with his son. And I remember having a really, really sweet ending that felt earned. I, I've, I remember really liking CE Doe, so I'm looking forward to getting into uh, to the review for next week. Don't forget, guys, follow us on Twitter at FourFingerPod. Follow us on Instagram at FourFingerDiscount. And please, please, please keep sending through those reviews and those ratings on Apple Podcasts. We just need two more to hit that big oh. 500. I know you guys can do it. There's so many of you out there <laughs> listening right now. Please just take 30 seconds to do that. We would really appreciate it. Also, if you have any questions for us or just want to send us a message, simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. I check that mailbag on a daily basis and I will either read your question out on the air or go get back to you in a private email. Also, if you want to support the show and you enjoy what we're doing here at Four Finger Discount, you can join the family at Four Finger Discount uh, at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount where for as little as a dollar per month, you can get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts as well as the Four Finger Discount Facebook group where you can banter with Guy and myself on a daily basis or you can chuck us a PayPal donation at fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for those incredible listeners out there? Fucking nudgekins. Oh, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shh.